Hi, and welcome to Wasted Takes episode 123, 123. The song. My address. Oh, Cam's address. There you go. Dox yourself. My address. I grew up in. Dox, dox yourself, Cam. Um, well, I'm not going to say the rest of it. All right. Well, I'm Trey, joined as always by Cam, Dylan. Tucker's late. We got to get started right now because we are going late because the Celtics game ran late and they took a brutal loss in game five. Um, but we'll get right into it here. Um, so hopefully Tucker will be joining us shortly. Winners and losers. What do we got for winners and losers? I can't think of anything. I mean, just the poll, but uh, other than that, the Yankees, maybe? Yeah, Dylan, yep. loser. Yankees, Big loser for the Yankees me. are good. The whole AL East, I got completely wrong. Yeah, not looking great, but long season. Last year, the Red Sox did this. The Yankees did what the Red Sox are doing, so never know. Oh, not as bad as what the Red Sox are doing, but... Red Sox are terrible. Loser me. I actually spent money to go watch them play and blow a lead in the ninth. And Dylan was there. Dylan was there. Um, All right. Paul Cam obviously wants to get to it because he did win with his take about um, Kyrie Irving, which I actually like that take. So I'm not upset for losing that poll. So congratulations, Cam. Um, Moving up in the polls. Thank you. Um, Quick winner. Shout out to Gene. Um, something we don't talk about often on the podcast, Special Olympics. And that's something that I would cover every single year. I moved down to Florida, so it's a little bit more tough for me. But shout out to homegirl Jean. Took two bronzes today. Uh, got cheated out in the walking race. Other people were running. Um, still working with officials to try to get that uh, cleared up. But shout out Jean. Big winner today. Shout out Jean. Shout out the Special Olympics. Shout out Glenn Turbin. Deep cut reference there, if you know that one. Um, Just a bit further. Winner for my grandmother Susan and my great aunt Tiki, they got honored at the Special Olympics today for 30 years of service or something like that. So, shout out them. I used to see them every single year. Love to see them. Special Olympics was a staple. You guys all used to go. I never went. Love to shout out Tim French here. He was there. My mom sent me a video today of Tim. And he was running on the track, and I thought he was just warming up. 30 seconds later, the video is still going. And she goes, here comes second place. <laughs> <laughs> so, shout out to me. He's always been a, uh, a big winner in the Special Olympics. Very athletic, Timmy Frenchier. Great uh, great teammate of ours back in the day. Shout out, Tim. Um, anyways, Paul moves Cam uh, into second place. With five points. Catching up on me. I've got eight. Dylan's in third with four. Tucker's in dead last with two. So can't say I'm surprised though. Tucker's takes, even when he won, even when he won the uh, the thing, he was just soft takes. But um all right, ways to takes. I got a ways to takes coming hot off that game we just had. Um, it's kind of looking suspect right now with what just happened. But I'm going to deliver it anyway. Giannis did score, I think ended up with 39, maybe 40. Um, But my take is pretty simple. It's Giannis Antetokounmpo is the most overrated player in the NBA. Um, So watching this series, I always liked Giannis. Like I didn't I thought he was funny off the court. You know, I thought he was just an athletic freak on the court. Didn't watch too much of him, to be honest with you. And the more and more I've watched of him, the more and more I've grown to hate him as a player. What does Giannis do well? 
He's not a good three-point shooter. He's not a good mid-range shooter. Hell, he's not, not even a free throw shooter. He, hell, yeah, he's not even a good free throw shooter. What does Giannis do well? He's very large and athletic and fast. And he gets the best whistle in the NBA. This dude, what he what his game is, he's also good on defense. I'll give him that. He's good on defense, mostly because he's athletic. When you're not skilled at basketball and you're playing basketball, what are you good at? Defense. Ask me. I wasn't skilled at basketball, but I played basketball, so I played good defense. That was it. That's my only contribution to the teams I played on. Um, but what does he do? He gets the ball at the top of the key, runs as fast as he can down the middle of the lane, throws an elbow into somebody's face, and scores. He either gets called uh, for foul on him, or he makes the basket. So, or not on him, excuse me, a foul against him, or he makes the basket. He, um, this last game, the officiating has was better, I thought, and than the other games. The other games, he was absolutely trucking dudes and not getting and he was getting called, you know, the other guys were getting called for fouls. This game they actually called him for some of the shoulders. He just when he gets in the post, he just shoulders guys, like throws elbows. He's a dirty player. Um, he's overrated. He's not that skilled at basketball. He is an athletic freak. Don't get me wrong. He's one of the most athletic players I think I've ever watched. Um, he shouldn't be as fast as he is, being his size. But he is. He's fast as hell. He's strong as hell. But he's not a skilled basketball player. He is overrated. He can't shoot. All he can do is run the lane, and he gets the best whistle in the league. In the league. Like, even the other night, Al Horford dunks on him, comes down. He's standing under Al Horford. He gets whacked in the face. They call a technical on on uh, Al Horford for that. For what reason? I don't know. Um, so, it's bullcrap. Um, he's overrated. He's a good player just because he gets good whistles and because he's strong. So um, I don't think he should be winning MVPs. He's not that skilled. That's the take. Um, okay. I think you're just basing this off of this series that you're watching and mad that he's getting a lot of whistles, which is fine. But um, so when Giannis first came into the league, he looked more like his brothers um, where he was like a skinny dude and the way that he just came up in the league from pretty much nothing. I mean, he, he wasn't really playing, wasn't really scoring, was nothing of note. And the fact that he was able to become what he is now is the definition of not overrated. I mean, if you are a small guy and a nobody, and then all of a sudden you're a two-time MVP, you earn that. Not only that, but he didn't mention anything about the fact that he's unreal on defense. I did. Too. I did. I said he's a good defender. I'll give him that. He's a good defender. And oh, like, I'm sorry. I went on a whole tangent. I said that I wasn't skilled at basketball, but I was a good defender. Okay, I'm sorry. I missed that. doesn't take um, a lot of skill to play good defense. It takes effort. Yeah, no, I, I completely disagree with this. I mean, he's not a shooter. He said that. Not a great free throw guy. But... If Giannis is backing down the paint, there's really nothing that you can do about it, and that's just pure skill. It's not something. It's something that he had to he had to grow his game to develop. And to call him overrated is just it's it's really disrespectful. To Giannis, I I hate it. He he doesn't shoot great, like I said, but when he's in the paint, he scores. He rebounds. He even passes. He's not a bad passer at all. He's had a few triple doubles. He averages over five assists. Um, so 
I don't know what you're talking about. I think you're just basing it off this series, which is fine. You got recency bias, but absolutely not. Um, you say he gets in the post, there's nothing you can do because he's that skilled. That's not true at all. He gets in the post, he throws bows, and he shoulders guys, and he fouls them, and he gets calls. And for the first time tonight, they were calling him. When he backed in the post, he's throwing shoulders, and they were calling him because the Celtics were flopping him up, which you have to do against him. That's the thing. You say there's nothing you can do. The reason you can't do anything is when you play good defense on him, you, you get called for a foul, no matter what. No matter what, that's what the call is, foul. So, all right, but if he gets called for the foul, then why is his field goal percentage in paint so high? It, you don't get field goal percentage Because either either you D him up and he gets called for a foul, or you don't D him up hard because you're afraid of getting called for the foul, and he gets to the hoop and scores. He's physical. Yes, he, maybe he throws a couple shoulders every once a in a while. A couple, every possession. Again, I think you're just basing it off of this series. We'll see how you feel when you play him next round. We'll see how you feel when you play him next round and he gets everybody. I already said at the beginning before we started recording, at first I was like, okay, I want to play the Bucs because I think the Celtics are better. But now the way you guys are looking, I'd rather play you guys. We played Giannis last year. It didn't go well. I understand that. But, again, I, I don't think you're watching him in the regular season. Granted, I don't watch every Bucks game in the regular season. I don't know anyone that does, but I've seen enough in the regular season to realize that he's not just throwing shoulders and not getting calls. I think that would be something that everyone would be talking about this series. Maybe he's getting a couple of whistles um, and then maybe not getting a couple of whistles for, for offensive, but not enough to say that he's the most overrated player. In the NBA. I'll give, I'll give a shout out to my roommate, Jack, because at the beginning of the series, I said, I like Giannis. I like him. And my roommate was like, I don't. He's not good. Like, all he does is drive and get fouls, and they're horse shit. And he watches regular season basketball. So I'll give some credit to him on that. He put me onto it. I came into the series liking Giannis. I now don't like him. I think he's overrated. Don't what do you think? Um, most overrated in the league? I don't know if that's true. But I do see where you're coming from. I mean, obviously, I haven't watched a lot of basketball. I have watched more basketball this series than the uh, Celtics Bucks series than any other series in a long time. So I, I see, I see Giannis, like you said, um, he knows his skill set. He knows his skill set is his body. He uses it to his, his advantage. And, you know, the way the league is, the way he plays the game, he's going to be effective because he's going to get calls. And uh, he's a good enough shooter uh, to rack up points. I mean, he's like you said, he, he's not a great shooter, and but uh, he plays good defense. But it's like uh, can't knock the guy for doing what it takes to be good in the league and using his skill set. So <clears throat> I wouldn't call it overrated, but like if your take was like. Giannis is not a bona fide skill athlete, bona fide scorer, then maybe, but... Uh, I like think that's uses, the same thing. He's seen as a top three guy in the league, and I don't think he's that. Well, he's, in terms of production, he is, though, so you can't say no. So I, I'm going to disagree, he gets a good but whistle. I see where you're coming from. Because he gets a good whistle. That's why he's so productive, but whatever. Yeah, no, I... I but because he gets a good whistle... You know, he's playing the sport, so I can't really get upset. I don't like it, but 
That's the way the sport's played. Except it's not for any other guy. So I don't I don't understand it. Um all right, who's next? Dilly you got one? Uh yeah. So recently uh the um strength of schedule was just released for the NFL season. Um the Rams, I believe, have the hardest schedule and the Bengals have the third hardest. The Cardinals are second this year. So bad news for the Cardinals. It's not a Cardinals take, but I think the Cardinals might not make the playoffs next year. Um, on the flip side, do you guys know who has the uh, easiest schedule? No idea. The Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys have the easiest schedule. They're tied with uh, Washington for the easiest schedule, um, actually. So... What division are they playing? I don't know. Off the top of my head. Uh, I just know that they're... Um, I'd have to look at it again, so it doesn't matter. But they're, they're, uh, their opponent's you know, total win-loss record from last year uh, is like uh, win percentage of like 42. So they're... They're just, they just have the easiest schedule by far. Um, so I'm going out on a limb. I'm saying uh, Cowboys have their best season since 2016. They, go, they get at least 13 wins simply because they have the easiest strength of schedule. And they're really not that bad. So I don't, they just play worse oh, like we talk about every, every year. So their uh, best season in the modern era was 2016, where they went 13-3. and I say they have at least 13 wins this year. Um, they beat up on the teams in the East, and they used the strength schedule to their advantage. Cam, your division, your rival, I'll let you go first. So obviously I'm going to disagree with this one. Um, the Cowboys aren't known for like taking advantage of the strength of schedule stuff. For example, Dylan, you know this better than anyone. Last year they lost to the Broncos by like 50 and they were supposed to win by like 50. And then they beat good teams like the, uh, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank. Um, but yeah, the Cowboys, they, they don't, they're an anomaly. It doesn't matter who they're playing because they can always lose to bad teams and beat good teams, but then when it comes to the playoffs, they'll just lose every time. So I completely disagree with this. I think that they're going to be pretty average. Their strength of schedule, yeah, that's one thing I'm glad the NFC East is, uh, I think they're the top four for easy to schedules, right? Well, yeah, they get to play the NFC East. We can play. We are in the NFC East. <laughs> um, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, we play the NFC East, we play the NFC North, which going downhill in my opinion, then we play the AFC South. So, um, yeah, I mean, the strength schedule's good for the Cowboys, good for the NFC East, but like I said, I don't think it really matters. Cowboys are going to do what the Cowboys do, and maybe they'll go like 11-6 and make playoffs and lose. Um... 
I'm kind of finding myself more on camp side where I'd say 11's a more reasonable number, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they are regular season heroes, this team. Like, they always look good in the regular season. They looked good against the Bucks uh, uh, game one of uh, the se- season last year. I was like, oh, crap, this team might be really good. And you know me, I'm always high on the Cowboys. My roommate's making a smoothie at 10 at then I at ten at ten PM. I don't know what the hell that is about. I'm gonna guess it's Ben. It probably is. Um but yeah, so <laughs> I'm sorry to throw me off. I, I think eleven's a more reasonable number, but I wouldn't be surprised. Tuck. Um so the take is what? Cowboys will have thirteen wins because they have the easiest strength of schedule. Yeah, no. Um, the, the Cowboys, I don't think... I mean, they lost Amari Cooper. People aren't talking about that. Um, yeah, I don't think this team's a 13-win team. I think the NFC East is also on the up-and-up. So, I just think with, like... I think they're going to be worse this year. I definitely think it's going to be a regressive year. My God, with the smoothie. Um, all right. All right, Tucker, my take was Giannis is the most overrated player in the NBA because he gets the best whistle and he's not particularly skilled at anything other than defense and driving the lane. Dylan and Cam wholeheartedly disagreed with me. Wait, sorry, could you repeat that? You cut out for a second. Um, I said Giannis is the most overrated player in the NBA because all he can do is drive and he gets the best whistle in the league. Oh, yeah, no, I'm going to wholeheartedly also disagree with you on that one. He's incredibly talented. He's so strong and big and powerful. That's he's athletic. Like, that doesn't mean skill. Like, like we're talking like, I mean, you're talking like saying that Shaq is vastly overrated. That's like saying Shaq's overrated. Like, he wasn't. He's just bigger and stronger than everyone else. Better in the pace than Giannis, in the post than Giannis. Okay, let Tucker, let me let me explain what I said then. Because Trey just said just because breaking an athletic doesn't mean you're skilled. I will remind you, when he came into the league, he was not big and athletic and he was probably skilled. And he came from nothing. I mean he he just grew in the league and it's not something you see often. He became better like I mean, just I've watched videos of Giannis like when he was just coming into the league. His development's insane. Yeah. So you're saying he got better when he got bigger and more athletic? Okay, checks out. Of course he did, but he got (laughs) checks out. Got it. Not the skills. It's not. No, he got he gained skills, Trey. Like what? You can see it in his game. Look at how he finishes at the rim. He because he runs down because you can't play defense on him because he gets you get whistled if you play defense. Trey, he's just so much like I'm sorry that he's a physical player and that like is tough to come to terms with, but he's incredibly talented. He's very physical. That's right, and he gets better whistle than anybody in the league. For God knows so what reason. I mean, look at how hard he plays, Trey. Like it's just hard contact on every play. You're it's right. Not I'm not saying he's he does he doesn't like, do I that. Think that. Like I don't think like. If you look at the foul calls, most of them are all horseshit. Like no horseshit, no, they are. I mean, like oh, when he sticks camps. his elbow in in Jason in Jason Tatum's mouth, it's it's skill. No, and I don't. And it's a foul on Tatum. Aren't but to 
hold the whole thing against him and say that he was like that he's not talented. It's just I'm not saying that. You guys are th- you guys are saying that I'm saying he's bad. I'm not saying he's bad. He's a top ten player. He's not a top three player. He's not a top three player. He's a top ten player. Not a top three player. That is a completely different. He's easily top three. No, he's not. Also, he might be top two, not two. If he if he got wrestle whistles like the rest of the league, he would not be a top three player. If he didn't win a ring last year, I would have a much better time agreeing with you. But you can't win a ring on whistles. That's just a yes, fact. you can because he has. It's just everything is be- only because of his take. You can't give. It was an incredible run he had, and you're just gonna say it was because of whistles. Yes, he can't shoot. Can't shoot. I mean, anywhere can't, can't shoot anywhere. Neither could Shaq. Are you saying Shaq was vastly overrated? No, Shaq had better post moves than he did. He, Shaq, Shaq can't run down the lane at twenty-five miles an hour. Yeah, Shaq had to like, be more skilled. Not really. Yeah, he did. You saw Shaq, Shaq was like known as a guy that notoriously didn't work hard. Doesn't mean he's not skilled. Just go, means he's lazy. Go watch, go watch Pete Shaq and watch the physicality of it, and tell me that is you that can is have physicality and have it be a skill. But when your whole game is, I'm going to run down the middle at 25 miles an hour, and if somebody tries to defend me, I'm going to get they're going to get called for a foul, and I'm going to foul them and score. Not to mention that Giannis was also has also been defensive player of the year. He's one of the best defenders Good defender. in the NBA. 100%. Good defender. Tucker, my argument against that, my argument against that, you do not have to be skilled to be a good defender. I wasn't skilled. I was a good defender. So, like... Yeah, but you called him overrated. He is overrated. You're not okay. saying, like... He is overrated. One, maybe top two defensive player in the NBA mm, that also averages... 30 points a game. Like, it does not take skill to be a good defender. It takes effort. A game. It takes effort last to be a good thing, defender, not skill. Marcus Smart won Defensive Player of the Year. He's not that good. Last thing I'll say about it is look at Pete Shaq videos like Will Lakers. Shaq is more skilled. Tell me, 100%. Tell, tell me that. Tell me that. Yeah, okay, but Giannis is a better passer. Like, I'm looking at stats right now. Giannis already has more assists than Shaq does. He already has more steals than Shaq does. Except he's not very skilled offensively. Those are skills. He's not like, skilled those offensively. Are skills. He's athletic. He's not skilled offensively. He's uh, overrated. Being seven foot and averaging six assists per game, skill. You know what? You guys are right. Just kidding. He's overrated. Well, I can go next. Are we ready? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, switching gears, we're going to the NFL. Um, on Twitter today, there was a viral video that came out. PFF posted it. Um, Tua throwing a pass to Tyreek Hill, and they were hyping it up. And everyone is making fun of it, saying, I don't know why this hasn't been taken down yet, because the throw was probably 10 yards short. It didn't even look good in the video. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. I just watched it, like, five seconds, like, Five minutes ago. Yeah, I highly recommend taking a look at it. Uh, not a good throw. Starts wobbling at the end. That's not even a big deal. Um, you could tell Tua put a lot of power into it, and it was short. Tyreek had to turn around, slow down. Um, so that's something that we kind of already discussed on the podcast. Like, yeah, none of us have been Tua fans, I don't 
think maybe at the very, very beginning you guys were. I have never been. Um, he's not the answer. New head coach is coming in. I think that Teddy Bridgewater will be the starter for the Dolphins by week four. Week five. So after week, after week four, Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the starter for the Dolphins because Tua is just not going to live up to what he needs to do this year. So lock it in, Teddy. Um, I did see the video. Everyone was saying, like, the, the caption, I think, was like, dart or something like that or something. I don't know. Something dumb. But everyone was clowning on it in the comments saying, like, not a good throw. Um. I think this is likely due to, to his injury history. He'll probably get hurt pretty pretty early. Um, but I don't know if they're going to switch. I think this whole move has been to prove if Tua is the guy. Because as weird as he's looked on the field and as uncomfortable at times he's looked, he's got like a pretty good record. And I've been a guy who's you know backed up Jimmy all the way because of his record. I can't really switch gears here. And say that I'm not going to back up to it because he's got a good record as well. I don't know what it is as a starter, but I'm pretty sure it's darn good. He's beaten the Patriots a ton. I think three out of three times. Um, maybe maybe two out of three. Um, but he, I mean, th- I think this is a prove it year. So I think they stick with him. And if he's not getting it done, then they make a move. I know they were ready to move on, get, get to Brady. I think with his new um, contract with Fox that it's more than likely that the Miami thing is dead, thanks to Brian Flores. Bless up. Love you. Um, But I think they're going to stick with him this year to prove if he's the guy or not because they need to figure it out. And I think he has played well enough for them to win a lot of the time. So I don't don't see them immediately going away from him. This is more seeing, is this guy going to be able to be the future of this team with the talent we put around him? Or is he just skating by by the skin of his teeth and we need to look for something else? So I think they stick with him. Uh, Tuck? Yeah, I am with Trey, not because I think that he's wildly talented or anything. I just don't see the alternative as that much of a win for them. Like, I don't see Teddy Bridgewater as, like, a high upside guy or anything like that. You know, Teddy Bridgewater is, like, if you got nothing else, go with Teddy. It just it doesn't feel like you're going to make the playoffs. Like, I don't think anyone's like, well, we're going to turn to Teddy to try and make a playoff run. It's just not the move. I don't know. If they had maybe a young QB in there or, like, even a guy, like, a shaky guy that's back and forth that's, like, really good, like, has spurts of brilliance but is sometimes not great. But just – he's just consistently average. He's just mid. Like, through and through the most, like, average dude in the NFL. There's no, like, high upside. There's – yeah. It just – I don't know. It doesn't work with him. Bill? Um, I like where Cam's going because we have seen two of, he hasn't really had those glimpses of like, oh yeah, he's going to be really, really good. Um, but I will side, I think more with Cam and Trey because it's not time to give up on him yet. I mean, if he goes out, like in order for this to happen, Cam, I think Tua has to go out and lose one out of four, or one out of five, Jesus, go one and four, and then, or worse, and it clearly be 
him underperforming for this to happen. I think they stick with him if it's two and three. Um, so yeah, I'm going to disagree, but I, I, I feel like I see where you're coming from. If, if they are 0 and four with the talent they have, then it'll probably happen. Cam, you're probably right. But I don't think yeah. that's going to happen. Dill, you're a big Teddy Bridgewater guy. I figured you would. I uh, am. Agree with that, Teddy's the best, player, best backup in the league. He is the best backup in the league, but I think they, for some reason, they like Tua in Miami. All righty. Uh, Tucker, got a take? Yes, I do. Um, as someone sent into the group chat today about uh, Sam Howell, um, he doesn't eat anything besides chicken tenders for meat. He doesn't eat steak, though. When he goes to the steakhouse, he orders chicken tenders. Um, Bust. Did he say chicken tenders? What else was or, it? Or, I, I just saw chicken. chicken. He, no, and there was like something about him with chicken tenders, and like when they they have a fit, like a team meal, he'll bring in his own chicken fingers to it. Bust. Oh, it's chicken fingers. So. I've gone this, that changes the story. Of this dude's a full-on psychopath, and because of that, I think he's going to be successful in the NBA. Well, he's not in the NBA, so NFL. NFL <laughs> my bad. Sorry, I got NBA would be my atrocious game. <laughs> um, but after that, I have a feeling that there's no way. He's not successful because you need a psychopath to play quarterback. Like I think every great quarterback's just a little bit crazy. So I think this is perfect for him. I think he's going to be a star now. Or, or, I won't say he'll be a star. I'm going to say Sam Howell will make a Pro Bowl. Okay. Well, I yeah, with like Cam said, if he only ate chicken in the NBA, then I'd be like, oh, this guy's made for this league. In the NFL, no shot. So I think you have two brands of people in the NFL. You're right. You do need a psycho to play quarterback. If you're going to be the psycho, I don't eat meat. You got to be the Tom Brady psycho. I don't eat any sort of meat. I only eat kale and not even strawberries or tomatoes. Um, or you can be a guy like, say, Big Ben, who probably exclusively eats steaks and cheese steaks and things of that matter. Um, I don't think you can be a middler. I think... I was high on Sam Howell. I don't know if I said last week, L, um, right after the draft last year, I said hey, Sam Howell is going first overall. Um, but I'm I'm thinking here, this is a certified bust, especially it changes it with chicken tenders. Dylan's right. Because if it's just yeah. chicken, like I understand it, trying to stay lean, you know, trying to trying to get that protein to stay. Chicken, t- that's what I eat. I eat chicken tenders a lot. And I could not play quarterback in the NFL. Um, but I do enjoy a steak. Because, you know, who doesn't? So uh, this guy's a certified bust. We'll be out of the league in a year. Um, he's going to get bullied at camp. Probably quit. Um, loser. Certified loser. Cam? Yeah, no, I hate this 100%. Obviously, because it's the NFC East. Um, and then also, the, the chicken tender thing is just very weird to me. Um I don't know. That's that's definitely a psycho move, and I get what you're saying. Um, you need to be a little bit psycho, but I think that's just too much. It's not the right kind of psycho. You could be like pitcher psycho, where um, I think Dylan said it best. 
Uh, I forget what you said about pitchers. They need to they need to be something. But I think this is the wrong kind of psycho. Um, he shouldn't even be in the league. I wish he didn't get drafted. He probably came out with this statement after he got drafted for a reason. And um, yeah, I mean, he's the third string right now. He's got Carson Wentz, who will probably get injured, so he'll become the backup. And then he's got Heineke. We'll talk about Psycho. Heineke seems a little bit psycho. So <laughs> I do love Heineke. Yeah, I don't I don't foresee this happening at all. Um I think Oh, this is what I was gonna say. Um it, it makes sense that you made this take because you love your UNC quarterbacks. Uh I do. Mitch Trubisky, who did make the Pro Bowl. That's so, what I'm thinking. I mean, it doesn't take that much. It's possible, but in a a different universe. Dylan? So, Cam, you touched on this, but you were almost where I'm about to take it. You said he's a different type of psycho by eating, only eating chicken tenders. It's not that it's a different type of psycho. It's childish. That's what it is. And I'm surprised no one said it yet. Well, if I eat a lot of chicken tenders. That's probably why I didn't say it. <laughs> and when you're when you are a top tier elite athlete, you have to be adaptable. You have to play the game no matter if the field is wet, if it's six degrees outside, if you have a tweaked hamstring, if 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 it turns out you're on the bus and you can only eat pizza to like you can only eat steaks you eat the steak and then you go on with your life you don't be a little baby and a little child and say i'm really gonna eat my chicken tenders that's literally i just think i don't think that's true though with nfl qbs like they're creatures like nfl like professional athletes are creatures of habit like and they have rituals that they follow to the bone like this is what they do and if you mess with any of them like it's the same thing with like an mlb pitcher like, if you mess with any of their rituals, it can completely throw, like, you know, even the best pitchers, like, they have their rituals, and that's what they want to do every day. So, again, this isn't, I, I'm classifying this not as psycho. I'm classifying this as childish, and that's the thing. I don't see this as psycho. I see this as, I'm only eating chicken because I only want to eat chicken. Not, I need to eat a sleeve of Hostess donuts, because if I don't, my cutter is not going to be on the bottom of the zone. Like that is psycho. I see this guy not only eating chicken because he's just a, a weird man child. That's that, that's where I'm going with it. So Tucker, Tucker, you said everybody has the rituals. Compared to this, he only eats chicken tenders, and I agree with you, Dylan. Very childish. Whereas Eli Manning, his thing was win or lose on the bus ride home, made sure he has a six-pack of Budweiser. So just compare the two. One of them won two Super Bowls, and the other one is going to be doomed in the league. Yeah, but then you have like guys like Tom Brady who's like, I won't even eat a fucking tomato. And yeah, he won that's, that's, seven that's Super Bowls. Psycho. That's psycho. Because that makes no sense. That's not a childish thing. That's, that's, that's a psycho thing. Anyway, that's that's my take on it. So, no, he's not gonna uh, he's not gonna be a Pro Bowler. I see him 
babying out of the league. He's going to get hit once, cry to mommy. Go eat some McNuggets. I like McNuggets. Um, all right. Let's get into some segments. Let's cover the playoffs. We'll start in the NBA. Um, obviously, the Celtics just, just lost a brutal game to the Bucks, up 14, below the lead. Marcus Smart, terrible last couple minutes. Gets uh, out-rebounded, then gets blocked, then has a turnover in the last possession. Um, the Celtics right now, I think, are doing what I've lauded them for. Or not lauded, is that the wrong word? What I've criticized them for in the past three years when I've been down on them. It's the fact that they are just not consistent. Jason Tatum doesn't seem to turn it on until the first, fourth quarter. And I understand it's important to be clutch in the fourth quarter, but if you can just be consistent throughout the game and not good in one corner and terrible in the, the other three, then you're going to have a better chance to win. You need to rely on guys like Al Horford, who is the only mentally tough player on the team, I think, at this point. The rest of them are looking for calls, looking for this, looking for that. Um yeah, so that's my thoughts on this series. I don't think it's over. I think they 100% could win in Milwaukee and bring it back home. I don't think it's out of the I, I see a lot of people right now on Twitter. My roommates kind of count them out saying that's it. Um, I understand that's a brutal loss. It's hard to take, but I think they're still in it. Um, the rest of the league, I haven't been paying as much attention to. I know Job Moran's out, which I think I mentioned last week. He's going to hurt himself. I think he's done for the playoffs. Um I saw Luca and Booker getting after it. Don't like each other. Um, I will just say this. I talked about Giannis getting calls. I think the officiating in the NBA is terrible. I think it's not just this series that I'm talking about. I think all around. And I don't know what it is, but if you look at the other leagues, like the NFL refs, do they make bad calls here and there on roughing the pass or holding pass interference? Yes, 100%. But usually they're pretty darn good. I'd say they're probably the best refs you can have. Um Hockey, I don't know enough about. It seems like they're pretty solid most of the time. I'd say they're probably either first or second in terms of in terms of officiating. Then umpires, there's some bad ones. There's some good ones, but the bad ones are really bad, like Angel Hernandez. Um, especially in a sport where it's very quantified what the calls are. It seems hard to get those wrong as much as they do. So I, I don't love them. But in this sport, it is just like awful to watch. This Celtics Bucks series has been terrible. It's been so slanted. I don't know what it is. The the turn the free throw numbers have been insanely slanted towards the Bucks and like I said I think it's the style of play but um it just it's it's frustrating to me that there's not some sort of board to keep these people in check and you know tell them if you're not good enough you're not you know you're not going to be a ref in this league. If you, if we're looking at your calls you're making bad calls consistently. Um, I tweeted it the other night. It makes it borderline unwatchable. It's just so frustrating. It slows the game down. It turns it into a mess. Just either they just need to be consistent. You need to either let them play physical and not call fouls or call everything. And they don't. They choose and pick and choose when they want to let them be physical and when they don't. And I think it's stupid. Um, but that's just my thoughts in the NBA right now. Obviously, Celtics are kind of weighing on my mind, but I don't know. I don't think the season's over. Um, Tucker, anything from the NBA player playoffs? Anything you want to respond to to what I said? Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, the refing in NBA is just always questionable. Like the fact that there's guys like fucking guys like Scott Foster who are just like known to come into games and just mess everything up, and he keeps getting playoff games. Just is the level of just confusing. 
Like, it's not, because it's not even like, you know, he's a good rap, but he just has some controversial calls. Like, everyone disagrees. Like, oh, this guy sucks, but we always bring him into the playoffs to rap the playoff game. Tony Brothers. Like, especially, and, like, they're like, yeah, no, this game, like, is a must-win for this team. So, and Scott Foster's coming to town, and then he messes up, and no one, and everyone's like, yep, that's just Scott Foster for you. I don't understand NBA refing. I, sometimes I'm like, is it rigged? There's a part of me that's like, do they just bring Scott Foster into rigged games? I'm not sure. But as for this game, just embarrassing. And I actually walked out of the room up 14 because I had to deal with some stuff. And like, I didn't even think to walk back. I'm like, yeah, the game's over. It's no big deal. And I came back and it was a tie ball, tie game. And then it was just disaster at the end. Um, but I also think this is a team that's fought through adversity before. I mean, they were awful the first time this year, half this year, came back to the team to be, play as well as they did. Um, I completely believe in this team still <laughs> at this point. I still think they can come back in a series. I think they can beat any team in the NBA right now, honestly. So I still believe. Um, Cam, we were talking about NBA playoffs. I talked about, obviously we are talking about the Celtics because they just happened, but... Talking about Booker and uh, Luca going at it a lot, Jaw being out, and um, that I think the NBA refs are the worst refs in the four major sports. I think it would go NFL, NHL, MLB, NBA. So anything you want to touch on NBA playoffs, go right ahead. Even your Heat. I, I left out your Heat. I haven't been paying attention to them at all. Yeah, I'll touch on that. Um, you look good. The two games they lost, they shot like 20%, so that's never good. But they won by 35 yesterday. Uh, they're up 3-2. I got a good feeling about it. I said this earlier. Um, initially, I wanted to play the Bucks. I think I want to play the Celtics now just because you guys uh, don't seem to have it quite together. Um, and the only other thing I want to touch on is the Grizzlies. Like you said, Jaw is out. But the Grizzlies this year without Jaw are like 20-3 and three or something like that. Something crazy. So he's likely out for the rest of the playoffs, I think they said. Yeah. Uh, I think that might be, it was almost my ways to take, is now that Jaws out, the Grizzlies are going to, I don't know, do something. But since they lost without him the last game, I didn't make it. They lost without him the last game in a game where the Warriors couldn't shoot. Yeah, tough. Well, whatever. Um, I think the Grizzlies are done. Warriors are too good. But I like my heat. I think they look good. I think they'll beat either the Celtics or the Bucks. Um, Dylan, go to you. You've been watching more basketball. Like I said, uh, I understand why you don't with this officiating, but go ahead. Well, I've been on this train literally since like we were in high school. So that's what, Jesus, 10 years ago now. Um, so I can't believe I just said that. Pause for a second. Um, so, I mean, it, it is tough to watch. I've come, I've come to accept it more now because I don't have a dog in the fight, really. Like I'm, I, I'll be a Celtics fan. I'll root for them to win, but I'm not completely invested, so I don't really get heartbroken when I see these. Just, it's just the the fact of the matter is, is that it's it's uh, subjective and it's the rules are ambiguous. It's just like. Well, that's a blocking foul because 
X, Y, and Z, but literally the same exact thing could happen on the other end of court. It's like, oh yeah, no, that that we we let that one go just because I didn't have my whistle near my mouth at that time. <laughs> it's like I I don't really know. The, the problem is, is the game is hard to officiate. I agree with that. It's probably it, the it, hardest. It's the it, most it's, subjective. It's subjective, and you have to like read the you have to read the play, understand the rule, understand the situation, and make a call instantly. And it, like even if you make a call, if you make it late, regardless of if it's right or wrong, people freak out for that too. So. It, it's really a tough spot to put the, the the refs in. I think it would be easier if they let more things go. I agree. And and just said like you guys battle the shit out of each other. And and when it gets nasty, when it gets really, when it gets uh, aggressive to the point where you're not making a play to score, or you're making a play to defend, you're making a play to like hold. Then that's a foul, not like a a little shimmy. I gave you a little hip while you were kind of dribbling around to the corner. Like, like get rid of that crap. Just let the dude's body up when it becomes egregious. Call a foul, and, and then people would stop being babies on the court too, because then people would start whining, and then then they'll be seen as losers because they lost and they're whining and then they would get their act together and then people start playing tough again. We'll be back to basketball when it was good before we really started watching a lot of it when, you know, in the late eight, late nineties. Yeah. And that part partly goes back to my Giannis argument too. Like if he was being physical and they weren't calling the chip fouls on him and the, the other team was able to do the same thing, then it'd be a harder argument to make for me. But the way it's officiated right now, it's it's officiated soft, and you know he can he can elbow a guy and not, and not get a call. But then if the other team does it, they'll call it. I don't understand it. But all right, NHL playoffs. Um, only really focus on the Bruins, and they look horrible. Neither of these teams travel well clearly because nobody's won in anybody else's barn yet. Um, they're down three two. I don't have a lot of faith right now. While I will say I have faith in the Celtics to come back, I do not in the Bruins. I think they're pretty much cooked. Um, I don't know if it's because McAvoy is sick or what uh, Lindholm's hurt, um, or the top line just not producing when they need to. I don't know. Haven't been paying too much attention to the ice. I saw the what was it the rain or the caps that had an epic collapse where they were up and uh, Dylan, you might know where there was a uh, empty netter scored and then they ended up winning an OT. I don't know if it was the Rangers or the Caps or the Panthers or I don't know who it was, but um, only really been paying attention to the Bruins and they look very bad. So, uh, Dill, how much faith do you have in your hockey team right now? Um, I will say at home, they've been a completely different, different team. They've controlled play for the two games at home, really the all uh, 120 minutes. So I'm confident that they're going to come out in this next game and, and it'll be a well-fought game. I think they're going to have a good chance to, to win, just like they did the previous games at home. I think if they win, uh, they have more momentum going back to Carolina, and that might push them over the edge. Um, I think the team is sick. I think McAvoy's got had COVID. I think more than one guy has COVID. The reason behind this is because I was listening to the radio um, 
on my way home from Boston this weekend that they were interviewing Jake DeBrus. Um, and he literally could not speak. He was coughing and like, you know, sucking snot up his nose. Uh, the entire interview, he had to literally stop. Well, like go get away from the mic, cough, pack up a lung, come back, say, I'm sorry. And then he was talking like, like under his breath, like he couldn't catch his breath. It was, it was ridiculous. I'd never heard an interview like it. And then the next game, the next day, they were like, oh yeah, McAvoy's not playing because he's got COVID. So I think half the team is sick. I think they're playing sick and they're just doing what they can. Uh, that said, um, maybe they'll get better and by a couple days, feel a little bit better, might be a little looser. So I don't know. I think if they win the game six, they have a good chance of game seven. I think they have a good chance to win game six, so I'm not out yet. Um, I definitely think there's something fishy going on with the health because McAvoy came back two days off COVID. I don't know what the protocols are, but that seems a little fishy. Um, you have to test out of it like twice. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Some, some seems a little fishy there with the, with the health, and I think he probably played with it in in game uh, three, and I don't know. Um, Tucker, you got any hockey thoughts? I know you're not super locked in on it. Um, I have a take about hockey is that I think it's the same thing in the NBA playoffs is that I think that they're just stop testing people in the playoffs. I agree. Because isn't it funny? Like all NBA season, there was so many problems. I mean, NFL season, shoot. There was so many problems with COVID. Everyone had COVID. Everyone had COVID. Not a single person in the playoffs has a positive for COVID. Well, the rule, is, so the rule is for the NHL, you only have to test positive if you have symptoms and you, like, ask. Yeah, they're just not, like, people just aren't testing. Like, you don't have, like, you don't have I think I might have COVID. They're like, good, stay home for a day and just stay away from the team. And we're not telling anyone about this until you yeah. feel, like, I just think. That now that playoffs are on, COVID, like, they're like, look, like, I don't give a shit if you have COVID. Like, you're playing. They're, you know, it's like playing with the flu. That's what I hope it, it's going to be like in maybe another year or so. Um, we'll move on to Cam, who is locked in on not the Bruins, so we can get a little different perspective. Go ahead, Cam. Um, yeah. The Panthers won tonight, which is fantastic for one, my take, and two, I'm a Panthers fan now. They're up 3-2 to two in the series. They were down 3-1 three, um, three score-wise, not in the series. They were down 3-1 tonight, went back 1-5-3. Uh, Rangers, my other team, they are down 3-2 to two to the Penguins. Um, they won tonight, stayed alive. I've been watching a lot of Panthers hockey pretty much every single game on and off, and... Don't, don't know much about hockey, to be honest with you. Um, I watch the puck go. I get excited when they score. In terms of everything else, I'm not really sure what's going on, but playoff hockey is unlike anything else. I do enjoy it. All what's right. the series at? 3-2, he said. Panthers uh, are up. 3-2 Panthers. And they're losing Panthers right now, right? Panthers. They just won. Okay. Oh, they did? They did. Sam, you said they come back and win? Yeah, they came back and won. They were down three to one, and then they came back and won five three. Oh, when you said it was four to three, I thought it was Capitals up four to three in the game. Okay. What was the game with the empty netter? 
Why am I losing my mind? I don't know. I didn't hear anything about that, which is... What do you mean, empty netter? There was an empty net. Somebody scored an empty net to even it up with, like, <laughs> 20 seconds left or something like that, and then won um, in overtime. I don't know. Hold no, on. It wasn't Panthers. Panthers Why up would they have an empty net when up one? They were down, and they had an empty net, and they scored. I mean. oh, 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 I thought you meant... Sorry, I just get confused. Um, all right, last thing I want to touch on before we move on to our final segments is MLB, more specifically MLB East, uh, the AL East, excuse me. Um, Sox just blew another game. They were up and they let up a walk-off home run to the Braves. Um, I was at the game last this last weekend. They blew it in the ninth, um, went to extra innings and lost. They've won like, they've like, they're like two wins in the last 15 games before the Braves series, like two wins in the last 15 games or something, something nuts like that. Like just utterly terrible. Uh, they're done. Season's over. I'm, I'm calling it now. I know last year they started slow, got better. They're done. They're terrible. They have no relief pitching. Their hitting has been terrible. That was supposed to be their saving grace. Story hit his first home run as a Red Sox tonight, a m- month plus into the season. Um, they just looked miserable. And it wasn't even fun at that game. It was cold. It was like one of the worst Red Sox games we were to. It was freezing cold and they just were anemic. I think it was one it was they were up one nothing off of Rafael Devers double and then let that up. Matty Barnes sucks. On the other flip side of coin, Yankees look pretty good. Judge had a nice walk off against the uh the Blue Jays the other night. So just want to get your guys' thoughts. Uh Tucker, we'll start with you. Red Sox done. What do you think? Um, no, I'll never call them done because when you count them out is when they come. Um, I like, I mean, I am, it's always when they suck is when they're good though. So like, I never know when to believe in the team and when to think they suck. See, the thing is, I I like their lineup better this year than I did last year. I do too. I just think this team's talented. Which means they're going to be worse. Because Bogarts is playing great. Devers is playing great. Story needs to get it together. Like, I just think that the back end of the lineup is playing at a low enough level that they have to get better. Like, I think the back half of the lineup gets just mediocrely better. They win a lot of games because their top guys are playing great. They're going to give up runs is the thing, and they're just not putting up enough to the point where they can give up runs. Their pitching has been good, though. Their starting pitching has been good. Their, starting pitching. their relief pitching is Sorry, their miserable. their starting pitching has been good. Their relief pitching is miserable, and they keep putting Matt Barnes in these situations, and he blows it every time. It's unbelievable. Um, Dylan, you obviously were at that game, and you you probably have the most Red Sox knowledge, so I'll let you go. Um. Yeah, so I was at that game. The, the problem is it, it's really – it's not that complicated. They have a crap bullpen. They have a really, really bad bullpen um, for whatever reason. On paper, it doesn't look that bad. Um, it looks actually better than average. But they they have lost – Many a games because uh, they lose the last third of the game. And, and what I mean by that is baseball, you can break it down into three inning games. You, if you win two out of the three innings, you, or two out of the, two out of the three sets of three innings, like 75% of the time or more, you win the game. 
but for this Sox team, because their bullpen is such trash, they have to win like three out of three of the three inning sections in order to win the game because they lose the third, the last three innings by so much that it just combats whatever progress they did earlier in the game. So it's really frustrating to watch, and it's happened all season long. On the other side, on the offensive side, they've been doing fine offensively. I know Kike's struggling and Story are, are struggling, but Kike, I'm watch, watching Kike hit. He hits the ball hard. It's just going right at guys. Like his average is low. It's like 160, 170. It, which is, you I mean you can't hit the ball hard enough to then like be at 300 if those fall. But it should be higher than what it is. Story, I think, will come along. It's a new guy in a new team. He'll come along. Um, the back half of the line has been hitting okay, too. Like, JBJ has been significantly better this year than he was in a lot of previous years. JD Martinez is on an 11-game hitting streak right now with an on, like, getting on base streak of, like, 23 games. Devers is hitting the crap out of the ball. Bogarts is, has the best average in the league. And their starting pitching has been relatively good. It's just the bullpen. And then timely hitting. They haven't had a significant timely hitting, but that happens. Um, so they got to clean up the bullpen, and I think this team would be 500 right now, which is crazy. Uh, but like you said, Trey, they're kind of they're kind of down and out. It's hard to be 10 games back uh, mid-May and make a push. So. And last in the division. So I think their season's done. And it's just because of the bullpen. Uh, Cameron, flip side. Yankees looking all right. How will they blow it? Looking very, <laughs> looking very good. Um, first and foremost, the Reds said they're going to win the World Series through the lockout. They are the worst team in the league. They are projected to have one of the worst records all time. Uh, <laughs> so not looking great there. Uh, the Yankees' best, best record in the league. Um, they're playing very, very well. Nelson is unreal. Uh, the mustache is really doing it for him. And, that, and we're hitting the ball, too. I think we're going to pay Judge after what he's done so far. Rizzo is going crazy this year as well. God it's damn fun. it. It would have been nice to have Rizzo. Why didn't they make yeah. that trade? God damn it. I, I think I think they're tied for most home runs in the league right now, or close to it at least. Actually, let me look it up real quick. Red Sox oh, suck yeah. at first base, too. God damn it. Judd, Judd I know. And they need a left-handed hitter. Rizzo is second with nine. So, Yankees are looking good. Hopefully, we can keep it up. Um, I don't foresee anything changing. Seems like we got a good little thing going. We're hitting the ball well. Pitching is looking good. Hopefully, Aaron Boone doesn't ruin it. He might be saving his job. as, And I kind of like it. I hope he does save his job. Tucker, Bloom kind of sucks, huh? I don't know. I feel like I just liked the team and they just suck. Like, I felt like I liked every single move and that the team's just getting worse. I don't know. Jaron Duran's going to be a baller. We, we can count on them being good next year because they are literally just good this year, bad this year, good this year, bad this year, ever since, like, 2010. It's unbelievable. Um, all right, let's move on to list, guys. This one I'm a little jazzed up about. It was my idea. Came up with it the other day when I was listening to some classic rock. Um, songs about places. 
So this is a song concerning a city, a state, a country, a um, ocean, a landmark, about a place. Not as specific, not as, as, as broad as something like home, you know? That's not really a place. That's more of a uh, an idea, I'd say. But I'll, I'll leave it off for you and give you an idea of what I'm thinking about. Number five, I'm going with one that I'm kind of ashamed to have up here, but I'm going to. New York State of Mind. Now, New York as a city, fun to visit for sure. Would never, ever live there. Um, hate all the teams from there. So, But this is a good song, objectively. I do have it on my iTunes. I do enjoy listening to it. I don't often skip it. Uh, just a good song. Alicia Keys kills it, and Jay Z's the greatest rapper to ever. Are you live. talking about Empire State of Mind? That's a hundred percent what I'm talking about, Tucker. Empire State of Mind. See, I, I, I was like, is this a different? I was waiting for you to say like someone about something about it, so I could be like, was, yeah, yeah. That's on me. That's on me. Empire State of Mind. It, um, Jay Z, the greatest rapper of all time, uh, spitting bars. You know, gets shout out to New York landmarks. Um, you know, concrete jungle where dreams are made of nothing you can't do. Inspiring message gives a shout out to, you know, the twin towers. Um, great song, bop, good at parties, empire state of mind. Number five, who wants to go next? Um, I'll go next with the song born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen. Um, just missed my list. I listen to the song about, three times a year, every time of it being two of the three times being on the 4th of July and one time when it shows up on my shuffle, but I always enjoy it. Just missed my list. Good, good pick though. Cam. Uh, I'm still kind of working on it, but whatever. I'm going to go with uh, hotel California by the Eagles. Never been to California, but I'm going based on the actual song. Well, I'm doing a little bit of both. So, Hotel California. Really like the song. Um, my number five. It's a weird one because it's like about California, but kind of not really. Like, it is about it, but the lyrics are not about it at all. It's like a fake, like, weird hotel where someone gets trapped. But I've actually looked at the lyrics and, like, what they mean, and it's kind of weird. It's like, moving to California and getting into the rock star lifestyle and getting addicted to drugs and women and stuff like that and drinking and stuff like that. So definitely a good song. Banging guitar solo too. Um, Dylan, number five. Yeah, Trey, that's just the Eagles. That's, that's what all of their songs are. Um, number five for me, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I'm going to go uh, Miami by Will. Good Lash one. Lash I like Smith. that. That's a good pick. I like that one. Um, Get my wife's name out your mouth. This is... I mean, this isn't really like a great song simply because like I get, you get like a minute into it and then it gets extremely repetitive and you're like, I really need to turn this off. Um, but something about the, just the chorus, you know, and uh, shout out to Cam. He lives in Florida, kind of near Miami. Not really. Not really. A little north. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Miami number five, Will Smith, Will Slaps a lot. So, yeah. Um, whoever's playing videos, please silent your phone. Um, funny story about Hotel California. Thought it was about an actual like haunted hotel for most of my life. Like, really took this the lyrics literal. Uh, my number four, by Nat, 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 Dirty Water, about Boston. 
Um, it's really, this is the Boston song, you know, singing about the city and the Charles River and frustrated women. Got to be home by 12 o'clock. Uh, plays after the Boston, any Boston team wins, really. Maybe not the Patriots, um, but plays after the Boston teams win. Um, just a great song. Standells, only song I know by them. Don't think they had another hit, um, but it has become the anthem of Boston. Um, great song, Dirty Water. Uh, Tucker, number four. My number four is Empire State of Mind. I did not have this on my list till Trey said it, but it's got to be on there. Song's awesome. I'm not a New York guy, but this song is just such a good song that it has to be on anyone's list. Just a good song. It it really is. Uh, Cam, four. My number four is going to be uh, Walking in Memphis. I've never been to Memphis. Oh, good one. Every word to the song. Um, It's a one-hit wonder for sure. But it's a song that when it comes on, I have to let it play. i got to sing the whole thing. Only know Walking in Memphis. Don't know the rest of the lyrics. Uh, Dylan, number four. Um, number four for me, I'm also going um, Boston song. And I'm going Shipping Out to Boston, Dropkick Murphys. Um, as soon as the first note, I guess, uh, you know, the guitar hits, you're just like, I know this song and I know every word to it. Uh, it, it gets you hyped up if you're like going out with the, with the gentleman, especially out in Boston. Um, and it's not like, again, it's one of those ones. It's not really objectively a good song. It's just like, I don't know. It just gets you going. Um, I don't really listen to any of that type of music, but uh, Ship Out to Boston by Dropkick Murphys is a classic and always will be. Number three, I, oh, I just thought of something that really messes with my list, but I'm going to not put it in. Um, oh, crap. All right, I'm going to stick with my list. Shit, I hate it now. Um, number three, I'm keeping it local with uh, local boy James Taylor, and I'm, it's not going to Carolina. That should be on my list. I might have mentioned it. Is it Mexico? It is Mexico. Now, I do like that song. hear me out. Going to Carolina is a, a better song. I'll say that right now. Mexico, though, is just it's a, it, going to Carolina is slow and it's more like, you know, c- contemplative and you're thinking and it's like kind of sad. And um, but Mexico is just a dance song. At Tanglewood, when he plays this, everybody's up dancing. Oh, Mexico. Sun so hot. It's such a good song. Banger. Good dancing song. Got to give a shout out to my boy, JT. Heard he's kind of a prick, but he does make good music. Mexico, number three. Tucker. Um, I just took James Taylor off my list because I thought of a different song. But um, here I was being between two songs, either Shipping Up to Boston or Dirty Water. And I had to go with Dirty Water just for like the fact that when Dirty Water plays, I'm happy because it's – you know, you're at Fenway Park, you're doing something like that, or like it just reminds you of good memories. It reminds me of like World Series championships and those types of things. So I have to get dirty water on this list. No lie, pulling into Boston when I moved here, the day I moved here, I turned on the radio, not like my phone, just the normal radio, and the, the and dirty water was playing. It was electric. Um, oh. Cam, number three. Uh, I meant to say this last time. Um, 
Tucker, you put Born in the USA. I did leave it off my list just because there's so many songs that have USA in them or America in them. And I felt like... Uh, the National Anthem, number one. Yeah, exactly. So that's why... <laughs> Trash <that> song. <laughs> um, not on my list. <laughs> number three, I'm going New York, New York. Frank Sinatra. Uh, Trey, you mentioned earlier, you know, New York isn't maybe your favorite place, but it's a great place to visit. And for me personally, obviously, New York, New York is <laughs> the song that they play when the Yankees win. It's your dirty water. Uh, also, yeah, exactly. It's also just a really good song. Um, I I think you guys would appreciate it if you know you were New York fans, or maybe you already do appreciate it. It's Frank Sinatra, nonetheless. You cannot appreciate that song. Do you know why I appreciate yeah. it? Because the Yankees decided to bump it when they were losing to the Red Sox in the playoffs, and I went to the bar, pissed drunk, and karaoke did to a full bar. It was awesome. I love making fun of that song. Respect it. It is a good song, um, though. Yeah, number three. Can't go wrong with Frankie Blue Eyes. Uh, Dell, number three. Number three for me, I'm sad uh, to hear that out of Cam's mouth, but I'm going born in the USA. Um, I can't think why you would discredit it. I mean, it's our country, so I, I can't discredit it. Uh, it's an absolute banger. Played all the time, regardless of the year. Just, it's not just for the July song. Um and it's obviously about a place. So, yeah, we're going number three or in the USA. Number two, I got a big one here. I This is a big song. It's Africa by Toto. Um, this song came into my life at a time where, you know, I, I was just looking for, for a throwback song to jam through. And, and Cam and I kind of came across at the same time. I think it was Cam and Patrick who really hyped it up, listened to it. They were 100% right. Great song. Um, remember hearing it back in an old Family Guy episode where Joe and his wife like break up and that was their song and they play it. And I remember hearing, this is a good song. And it is a good song. Um, the chorus goes hard. Um, talks about Kilimanjaro in one line, which is awesome. Um, Africa by Toto. And again, I think another one hit wonder, but just yep. a fantastic song. Always listen to it. Never skip it. Africa. Um, talk. I also have Africa Toto at my number two. I thought I was wondering if anyone else's list. I'm sure it's gonna be on everyone's, but yeah, it's my number two as well. Trey, I have a feeling we're gonna have the same number one. We may. Um, gonna take a lot to drag me away from you, Cameron. Two. Um. Yeah, maybe I have a connection with you know the whole McNinch family. Um. My number two is also Africa by Toto. Let's go. Uh, summer 20... Don't tell me, don't tell me. Uh, 2018, 2019? I believe it's 2017. Something like that. I think 2018 um, was... Um, 2018 was... Why can't I ever Your think love. of it? Your love, yeah. Yeah. Um, little backstory. We had songs of the summer. So when we were home for the summer, uh, there would be one song that would kind of hype the whole squad up. Africa was the original, and it, it definitely did the trick. Uh, Your Love was, was the next summer. And speaking of the connection, um, we were at a party one time. This very side note. We were at a party one time, and Trey was on Ox, and he was trying to decide music, and he was about to put on Your Love, and I was like, yo, Trey, go put on Your Love. And he was like, yo, I was just about to put that on. It was, was unreal. My finger was on it. And he goes, let's play your love. I'm like, bro, stop right now. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, after total. Um, Dylan, will you yeah, break that, them all? Well, I, I'm going to join the ranks here because I also have Africa. Let's go. Can we all have the same top two? We could. No, I don't know. think I do. Probably Tucker. not. Um, but yeah, it, it was 2017. Uh, it was the summer after uh, our sophomore year of college camp or Trey. So uh, I can confirm that. Uh, I yeah, definitely a one hit wonder. I, these people they wrote the song and they were so surprised that anybody liked it. They were like. Wow, people actually like this song. This is crazy. Um, they still perform it to this day, I think. And uh, yeah, it's a tremendous song. Song of the summer. They have to like imagine going to a Toto concert, and they're like, "No, we're not going to play Africa." <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> um, my my number one. I don't think we have the same list, Tucker. Um, honorable mention. Like I said, going to Carolina in my mind. Um, Kokomo, not a real place, so couldn't put it on a list. Banger of a song. Uh, my number one shipping up to Boston. Um, gotta be. Uh, amps me up every time I hear it. Never skip. Like Dylan said, kind of a different song. Got the banjo in there. Got the bagpipes. Um, was in a bandpipe, uh, bagpipe band when I was a kid, so there's a special connection there. But gets me hyped up for games. Like if I'm if the if there's a big Boston game going on, I gotta listen to Shipping Up the Boston. Um, great montage to it. And part of one of my favorite movies ever, The Departed, uh, the theme to that is Shipping Up to Boston. Living Southie right now. Um, big Dropkick Murphy's area, obviously big mural I pass every day that says Dropkick Murphy's on it. So Shipping Up to Boston number one for me. Um, gets the people going. Gotta be mine. Tucker, I'm very interested to hear what your number one is. I'm I I feel like I missed a mark on something. Sweet Home Alabama, baby. Uh, yeah, yeah. Come on, that's oh, I love Sweet Home Alabama. That's that a is big a song mess. I will yeah. never skip. Love it, especially in the summer. It's just a great summertime song. It's one of those that like you. I just I don't know. I think of that like by a lake or something like that. Sweet Home Alabama comes on. Everyone singing. I love Sweet Home Alabama. That's my clear number one. Yeah, that's a big miss for me. That's that's tough. Uh, Cam, number one. Yeah, big miss for me as well. Um, wow. Because I, I was like, no one has it on their list yet. It must be their number one. Yeah, I mean, if I could go back, I would put it third. Uh, I'd put it on mine. Yeah, I, might I understand put it fifth, it's like three or two, but like no one else having it on their list is crazy. I didn't even think of it. Honestly. I didn't either. Um, number one, I'm going Mexico, James Taylor. I had a feeling, Cam. I had a feeling. Uh, a couple of reasons, obviously. JT lives on my street, um, and then you, now you really like, doxed yourself. <laughs> like you said, Trey. Um, Nowhere just, near him, but yes, that is on the street. <laughs> about a mile. Just the people going at Tanglewood, um, and then also. Mexico in general, just a great place. Been there multiple times. Always had a great time. Um, but yeah, Mexico number one. Dill number one. Yeah, number one for me. First, actually, first I'll start off with the honorable mentions. Um, Sweet Home Alabama was off my list simply because I've listened to it a billion. See, times. I think that's it. I was gonna say I think it's just overdone. I think that's it. 
I like I did think of it and I was like, I really do love this song, especially in the summer, but like I don't listen to it all the time. When it comes up on my phone, I'm I'm gonna skip it a lot of times. Um so uh other one, uh UCLA by uh That was on my list, I took it off. Nice one. Because this was for some reason my senior year of college, the guys in my suite really liked this song. We would play it all the time. Um on my, it was it was my fifth. I took it off for Empire. Last honorable mention is uh, Devil Went Down to Georgia. Oh, another good one. A lot of good songs about places. Oh, uh, I messed up on that one. But but my number one is Take Me Home, Country Roads. Uh, uh, God damn. Denver. <laughs> How did no one. one have that one? There's something about that song. I am not from the South. I don't it, like it. There's no reason. I don't think I've ever stopped in West Virginia. Uh, but it comes on and you sing it. You sing it. You sing it loud. You sing it proud like you're from the place. Um, definitely. Oof. So, I, I mean, it's, it's a great song. It's definitely about a place. So it's definitely number one. Wow. Well, really good list, guys. A lot of different. I like the fact we all had different lists because there are a lot of good songs that can cover that cover that spectrum. Great list. All right, let's move on to movie. Uh, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, we did it on May 4th. I've been on a big Star Wars kick, boys. Huge one. Who watched it? I know Cam did. Of course. I did not watch I it, did. but right. I've seen it. All right. Um, Dylan, just give us a quick score since you didn't watch it, but I won't count it. Uh, quick score. It's tough because, like, I never watch these movies just, like, randomly out of order. If I'm going to watch them, I'm going to watch, like, one, two, and three, or I'm going to watch four, five, and six, right? That's just the way I do it. Um, score, um, I'm going to give it a 7.0 on the nose. Average. Um, a little above average. I actually, I uh, usually do the same thing, Dill, but I watched, um... I did watch two before three this week, and um, I skipped one because I feel like I've seen that one a million times, and I don't love it that much. Tucker, <laughs> score. Review, score. Um, just my score? Review and score. Um, I love Revenge of the Sith. I'm going to give it a 8.2. Wow. It's one of, if not my... You know what? It is my favorite of the Star Wars movies. I think. I just, I don't know. Um... I love everything about this movie. I love you and McGregor. Um, and this movie just, I, um, sorry, I was just reading it. Um, but it's just a great movie through and through. I like the final, like the change of Anakin throughout the movie. It's a little bit quick, but it still goes well. And you kind of like see his whole reasoning behind it. I don't know. It's awesome. I, I, that's all I gotta say. It's my one of my favorite, if not my favorite, Star Wars movie. I think I said this when I picked it, Tug. I think it just hit us at the perfect time. That's why. Yeah, I think that's where it is. Um, Cam, go ahead. You've been on a Star Wars kick, too, so. I have. I need a sound check. Can you guys hear me? I'm outside walking the dog. Yeah, yep. it's all right. <laughs> all right, perfect. Um, I have been on a Star Wars kick. Uh, I watched one, two, three, four, and then five today. Um, uh, I agree with Trey, what he said last week. Um, this is my favorite Star Wars movie. And Tucker, you mentioned it as well, just the, the transition of Anakin. 
just going to the dark side. And then obviously the scene, I have the high ground, uh, is a quote that we still use today. So I love the movie. And obviously I still have the sixth one to watch. I've seen it before, but I'm just redoing it. I would give it a... I'm going to give it an 8.1. High scores, high scores. All right. Like I said, my favorite Star Wars movie. This was the first time I'd really watched it since watching a lot of the extended universe stuff. I think I watched it last year. I watched through all, all six of the original. Um, and But I hadn't watched Clone Wars. I hadn't watched season two of The Mandalorian. Having that extra thing and watching it really kind of gives you that extra appreciation for it. Um, I will say that, Tucker, you said you understand Anakin. I totally understand it. The Jedi Council is terrible. Idiots. Just make him a Jedi Master. Just help him out a little bit. Just make him a little bit happy and you avoid that whole situation. Send him on missions with Obi-Wan. Like, just make him, just help him out a little bit. Like, you know, you can sense that he's, you know, kind of going to the dark side. Maybe time to, to throw him a bone. So I, I think I think it's totally on the Jedi. They were dumb. Um, second thing I realized while watching this movie, the the way that I have reacted to the Patriots these past two years feels like I am Anakin. It feels like I have been pushed away from something I love so much, and just the hate, I've been consumed by hate. Um, it was uh, Tucker made me consumed by hate for Brady, and now with what's been going on. I've been consumed by hate for Belichick. I'm just so hateful and I've turned away from the light and being a happy fan and being part of the, you know, the good order. I know that the Patriots are often compared to the dark side just because of the hoodie, but it, it really seems like I have just been consumed with hate and turned to the dark side based on the, on the way I root for the Patriots now. Um, but I really enjoyed it, especially with the extra extended universe stuff. Um, didn't get tired of watching it. was a little worried. I was gonna be like, ah, eh, well, you know, I've seen this. I've seen this seven times, so I don't know if I'm gonna love it. But I did and thoroughly enjoy it. I was engrossed the whole time. Um, a lot of memeable moments. Hello there, one of my favorite quotes from a movie. Uh, it's over Anakin. I have the high ground. I say it all the time. Um, I'm gonna go with an eight five. Um, it has to be because I love Star Wars, and um, this is my favorite Star Wars. So it's got to be a high score. Um, also like the way they tied everything in. I thought it was well done how they tied it into the fourth movie. It was completely different from seeing something like seven, eight, nine, which just completely disregarded everything that had been set before. It was good to see them stick. Obviously George Lucas was in charge. It's good to see him stick to it. But the final score is an eight, two. That is just under, uh, Batman, I think for the highest rank. So great score there. Um, who is I Dylan? The thing is, is I've never, I've never actually thought that any of the Star Wars movies are like good movies. You're right, you're right. But Star Wars has a special place for me. I love Star Wars, like love it. Um, Dylan, your movie. Oh, my movie. Okay. Um, I had one picked like last week because I thought that it was going to be me, and then now I've forgotten. Um. Let me pick one real quick. Yeah, I, I do need to rewatch the uh, Star Wars trilogy, though. That's for sure. You should watch one through six and then ignore the other ones. Mm -hmm. You actually should watch the last one and see how angry you get. 
Because I know you haven't seen it. Is that the one with the milk? The blue milk is the fourth one. Oh no, the last Jedi is the one where he milks the cow thing. That's us. That's eight. So yeah, I haven't seen the one after that. You should watch nine. Yeah. Um. Cam, you hate Padme, huh? Cam's walking. He can't respond. Told me he hates Padme. Um. Okay, we're gonna go with. Have we? Have you guys seen Don't Look Up yet? Yeah. I have, yes. Did, did we do that? We uh, haven't done it. We have not done let's, it. Let's let's not do that though. We've already seen it. Um, how about? Ah, oh, crap! We did that one too. I mean, we've all seen. Oh, Revenge of the here Sith. it is. With with all the, uh, um, you know, Johnny Depp, Amber Heard trial stuff. Let's go Pirates of the Caribbean one. We're going a movie from my childhood that I love. That. Trey went with Star Wars. I'm going Pirates of the Caribbean. This might be my favorite movie. Uh, the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Captain Jack Sparrow. First introduction. Let's get it. I've been playing a lot of Sea of Thieves, too, so this fits um, right into my schedule. Grizzlies are up 40 on the uh, Warriors right now without Jaw. Is Jaw bad? Well, something we'll have to answer next week on the show because we're out of time. We go for an hour and a half. It's already 11. Um... Check us out on our socials. Thanks for getting with us. Thanks for getting wasted with us. And we will see you next week. Bye. See ya.